I want you to remain standing for just a moment and take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalms chapter number 46. Psalms chapter number 46. I will praise the Lord. You know, it's easy to praise Him when your kids are acting like somebody. Say amen. It's easy to praise Him when you, when you get a, a, a great report at the doctor. It's easy to praise Him when all the bills are paid. It's, it's easy to praise Him when there's food in the cabinet. and It's easy to praise Him when the car's still running. But you know what? When the car breaks down, it's hard to say amen. Oh, y'all real spiritual this morning, I can tell. How many of you have ever been in trouble? How many of you, how many of you have been in trouble lately? Amen. I want you to, I want you to look at the scripture, Psalms 46. We're going to read just a few verses this morning. And I want to preach on the subject, in trouble, but not troubled. In trouble, I'm in trouble, I'm in a mess. I'm in a bad way. I, 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 things are not going well for me, but I'm not troubled. And that, that second word, troubled, means it is with E-D. Trouble, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. But not troubled. T-R-O-U-B-L-E-E-D. Troubled means worry. Troubled means uh, fearful. Troubled means highly stressed. How many of y'all have ever been troubled before? Yeah. You know, I, I was in a, I was in a, a, a tent meeting one time with uh, Dr. Ed Maccabee. And I remember, him, I remember him getting up in the service. And, and right before he preached, he said... He said, it is not well with my health. He was in bad health. It's, it's not well in my home. His wife was sick and in a bad way. His finances was a disaster. He said, it's not well with my finances. It's not, it's not well with my church. Church was a little struggling church there in, uh, I believe it's Ab uh, Gaffney, South Carolina. He said, but I can stand here to tell you, it is well with my soul. I have never forgotten that. That's been 15, 20 years ago. And I've never forgotten that. I got to thinking, dear God, everything he said brought me lower and lower and lower. And I, I got to feeling bad. And then something sprung up in him and his whole demeanor changed. And he said, even though everything's a mess everywhere else, it is well with my soul. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I'm in trouble, but I'm not troubled. I want you to read with me in Psalms 46, and we'll try to be brief uh, this morning. Psalms 46, we went into overtime, and I think I stripped something, and it's going to take a lot of cough drops this tonight. Amen. Psalms 46 and verse 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in, say it, trouble. trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. That word means to stop, to pause. To, uh, he says, don't, don't, this is not a time for speed reading. This is not a time to rush through the, the, the study of God's word. He said, stop a moment, pause, and think about what I just said. And then he goes on to say, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, 
The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Again, he says, slow down, slow down. Think about what I just said. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our Selah. Think about that. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to study your word. Help us and give us something we're going to need. Lord, it's hell outside. I mean, it's rough. It's difficult. It's, 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 it's a bad world we're living in. God, your word has come true. You said that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We're living right in the middle of them. But God, we don't have to be troubled. We can be like you said in, in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Even though we're in the midst of trouble, we don't have to be troubled about our circumstances or our surroundings. God, help us to learn why today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Job is an interesting character in the Bible. Job went through hell on earth. I mean literal hell on earth. Job, in, in one day, in one moment of time, Job lost all his family. He had ten children, and they were all killed in a tragic, uh, tragic situation all in one day. It's, it's one thing to lose a family member, but it's, it's another thing to lose all of your children in the same moment. Listen, he is there, and if you've ever lost a child, you know that that is nothing like anything else on earth. And I heard one, I heard one, tell, one man tell me today, he said, you should never live old enough to see one of your children go on or one of your grandchildren. It's just not the way it should be. The hurt and the pain is unbelievable, but all ten in one day. He found out that, listen, as a rich man, a very, very wealthy man, he lost all of his money, all of his finances, all of his cattle, he was, a, he was a great and wealthy man. And in one moment of time, it was all gone. It was all gone. Listen, his own physical fitness left him. The Bible says he had sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And if you if you've ever had a sore boil, sore boils are souped up blisters. Amen. I mean, it's something that hurts. You can touch around it, and, and, and it just it, it hurts no matter what. And all you want is some relief. And the Bible says he had him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. That means if he was standing up, he was in pain. If he was sitting down, he was in pain. He could stand on his head and still be in pain. No matter what, he was in a bad way. He, Job, said this, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Man that is born of woman is a few days... And full of trouble. And boy, he said it right, didn't he? I'm telling you, I've gone throughout the Bible. I've gone out throughout the Bible and studied the different characters of the Bible. And I have not, now it may be there, I may have missed something. But I have not found one Bible character in God's Word that hasn't faced trouble in their life during their period of time on this earth. I have not found one. I have not found one. Listen, we know that Job went through very bad situations. We know that Joseph went from the pit 
to the, listen, to the prison, to the palace. He was in a bad way. We know that Stephen was stoned for preaching the gospel. We know that Paul was stoned and beaten with rods and he was lied upon. Even the greatest man to ever walk this planet, Jesus Christ, was betrayed and butchered and crucified on a cross. Listen, you'll never escape trouble in your life. You'll never avoid trouble in your life. This is not something that we'll ever be immune to. It's coming. You say, I'm not in trouble right now. Everything's fine. Well, I'm telling you, I promise you this. You're either coming out of trouble, you're either in trouble, or you're fixing to go through some trouble. We're going to face it. It's just a fact of life. I wish we could ignore it. I wish we could, uh, I wish we could uh, do, <laughs> we could uh, just, just act like, just close our eyes and hope it goes away. I wish that would happen, but it, it just will not happen. It's a fact of life. We're going to face trouble. We're going to face trouble, but, but, we don't have to be troubled. It's coming. But God is bigger than my problem. Say amen. I want to give you three quick things. I want to give you three quick things. Three quick reasons why we don't have to be troubled in our trouble. Number one. Number one. We don't have to be troubled in our difficulty, in our storm, in our situation. Number one. Because there is a refuge. There is a refuge. The Bible says God is a refuge and strength. A very present help in what? Trouble. When I went to Bible college, this was the, one of the uh, first uh, verses. I mean, I'd learned a lot of verses before I even went to Bible college, but this is one of the first ones I wanted to put to memory and remember because in Bible college, it's, sometimes it's difficult and you go through a lot of stuff and you got to live by faith a lot and, and so forth and so on. And so I, I, I put this to memory. Uh, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. And, and, and I was working on that. And that particular Sunday night, uh, Dr. Brown had a lot of the guys uh, 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 to come up and he'd give you one or two minutes to, to preach a little bit. He said, come and exhort us. Basically what that means, he's going to give young preachers who don't have a clue about two minutes to stand up in front of everybody and show how much they don't know. Say amen right there. Well, I was so excited, man, I got to get in front of everybody and, 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 and going to be able to preach just a little bit because if you're a preacher and you're a real preacher and a God-called preacher, it don't matter. You want to preach. If you're listening to good preaching, you want to preach. If you're listening to bad preaching, you want to preach. It don't matter what preaching. You want to preach because God put it in you, and when you're hearing it, you want to do the same thing. Say amen right there. You'll preach at the drop of a hat. You'll buy a hat to drop it so you can preach. I'm just telling you, that's just the way it is. I just, I just love it. I, I, I went, when I, my senior year in, in Bible college, I, I preached at a little Methodist church out in the country. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they didn't have nobody. They wanted somebody to preach, and I wanted to preach. It didn't matter. I went and preached. It was the greatest time. I mean, it was a wonderful time. But I wanted to preach, and I was so excited. They had come out there and said, Preacher Brown wants you to be one of them to come up and exhort for uh, one or two minutes. And I said, man, I've got a verse. I done memorized it this week. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. And I done made up my mind. We're going to have mass revival in my two-minute sermon. <laughs> Bless God, we're going to change the world. We're going to excite everybody. We're going to have souls saved. Two-minute sermon, I can't wait. I mean, I thought I was somebody. 
I come up the side of the steps, and I came from a smaller church background, and, and this was a huge church. In my mind, it was the world. I mean, the world was right here in front of me. It was the Houston Astrodome. It, it might as well have been to me. And, and I walked up, and as soon as I turned, as soon as I turned on that platform, and I turned around and seen all them people, and I told y'all, I'm a shy person. I really am. By nature, I'm bashful, and I'm shy, and I turned around and seen all them people, and it scared me to death. And I went... God, I said, I've learned a verse this week. God is our refuge and strength. And, and, and I, my mind went totally blank. I'm talking about completely, totally blank. I couldn't remember anything. And I was like, and, and then I'd go back and say it again. I said, God is our refuge and strength. And, uh, and, and Dr. Brown was sitting behind me and he said, the very present help in trouble and boy, are you in trouble. <laughs> So, that was my first experience before people. Amen. Now listen. Now listen. I, I want you to know, trouble is coming. We're not going to avoid it, but we can get through it. Are you all with me? Why? The Bible says there is a refuge. God is our refuge and strength. A refuge is a place of shelter. How many of y'all have ever, how many of y'all have ever uh, 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 been, been uh, out, out in the weather or maybe a, 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 a thunderstorm come up? And uh, Anybody like to play golf? Anybody here like to play golf? All right. All right. Well, I like, yeah, amen. Hey, Bo, how many times we've been out there in, the, in one of them terms and, and the rain came and we had, to find, we had to find one of these shelters out on the golf course. They've got them, two or three of them, uh, spaced out on the golf course. In case you can't get back to the clubhouse, you can get and find shelter. And I'm telling you, when you're out in the middle of a, of a golf course and it's lightning and flashing and you've got a lightning rod in your hand, say amen. This shelter is an awfully lovely sight when you're in the middle of a storm. And this is what it is. The Bible says he's a shelter. Write this down. Take the, write these two things down, and I want to I talk about them in just a minute. He's a shelter for my storms, and then B, write this down. He's a strength for my struggle. The Bible says God is our refuge and strength. Refuge is a shelter and strength. He will give you what you need to get through the storm. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Jesus was on a ship. Jesus was on a ship. And, uh, and, 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 and listen, sometimes, sometimes we, we think bad about God sometimes. We do. I know we love him and I know we appreciate what he's done for us. And he's an awesome God. And, and we sing, uh, Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me. So I know that. I know we sing all that stuff. But sometimes we go through things. That we just got to question him sometimes. Would y'all would y'all agree with me on that and be, admit it? Don't be so spiritual you won't admit that. The disciples even had that problem. The disciples they saw him turn water into wine. They they saw him do unbelievable things, miracles upon miracles, turning a uh, 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 lame leg so they could walk again. I mean, he would, he would touch blinded eyes so they could see again. And, and he, would, he would raise the dead. I'm talking about this man has done incredible things, just like he's done for me and you. But in this ship, Jesus puts them on the ship and says, we're going to the other side. And in that, in that process of time, we see Jesus gets on board with them. And, and listen, as they're going and, and they push off from shore. Now, these, some of these guys, some of these guys are seasoned mariners. I mean, they, are, they have been on the water before and they were good at it. They were professionals at it. So you're not just going to bother them with just anything. 
I mean, something that might bother you and me and as we get on a ship and go out. People that's been on that ocean, if you've ever watched, how many of y'all have ever watched that deadliest catch? And they out there catching them crabs, and that boat's just, I mean, good gracious, they don't pay enough money for me to get on them things. Say amen. But they ain't scared a bit. Why? They've been out there before. Now, these are the same kind of men. They're here on this boat, and as they're going, the storm comes upon them. Jesus had, weary with his journey, he goes in and there's a little nook in that ship where, where they, would, they would keep their nets and keep everything they had there. He crawled up in there and went right to sleep. Have you ever felt like Jesus went to sleep in your trouble? There's some few honest ones in here. Yeah. Here we are in the worst storm we've ever seen. I'm talking about to the point they thought they were going to die. And this is what they did. They came to Jesus. Jesus was sound asleep. He's the refuge. He's their help. He's their shelter. And they come to him. And, and they didn't wake him up and say, uh, do you think you can do something about this? Do you got a, do you got a connection? I mean, do you have, a, uh, do you have an inline uh, to God the Father up there and tell him to do something about this? They didn't say, uh, do you have the ability? Uh, they, didn't, they didn't say, uh, would, you, would you help us out in this situation? They didn't say none of that stuff. They woke Jesus up. They woke Jesus up, and this is what they said. This is their words. Carest thou not that we perish? You know, let me translate that in Alabama talk. Don't you care we're fixing to die? Did that make sense to you? You know what we do in our trouble? First thing we do, God, don't you care that my spouse walked out on me? God, don't you care what happened to my child? God, don't you care about what that doctor just told me about my health? God, don't you care that I lost my job? How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to meet my needs? How am I going to pay my bills? God, don't you care? Don't you care? You know, sometimes in the midst of a storm... We'll question his concern for us. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today. The Bible says, cast all of your upon him. Why? Because he, he cares for you. Listen, I know you don't understand today. I know you can't see the whole picture right now. But God's already been in your tomorrow. And because he's been in your tomorrow, he knows what's best for your today. And God will do things that you don't even understand. Listen, I promise you this. In your storm, God's not freaking out about your storm. Jesus wakes up. You say, why was he, why was he sleeping? Because he already knew he was going to make it to the other side. There's a, there's a, a preacher friend uh, that I know, uh, Brother Mike Bagwell. Brother Mike Bagwell's a country preacher, but he's a smart country preacher. I mean, he's got it, he's got it down. He, 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 just, he looks like he don't have enough sense to get out the rain. I'm serious. First time I ever met him, uh, when he was preaching a meeting in Hartsville, I, I went and sat down, and, and they said, Brother Mike Bagwell, you come on and share God's Word with us. And this guy come up there, and he had overalls on, and, and looked like they, he looked like he had a pair of britches that would fit a 300-pound man, and he wasn't about a buck fifty. Say amen. 
I mean, it was just, I thought, this dude ain't got enough sense got rain. And he got up, and son, I'm telling you what, by halfway through his introduction, I realized I need to shut up and listen to what he had to say. I mean, this guy, he was, he, he was preaching the book, but he's a little different. He, just, he is. He's just a little different. Uh, uh, he's, just, he's just wired different than everybody. Well, he's got this problem. He don't like to be worried. He don't like to be stressed. He don't like to be nervous. Now, some of y'all go pay good money for somebody to scare you to death. You do it every Halloween. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but I pay somebody to run you down with a chainsaw. I have never figured that out. But y'all love that kind of thing. You'll pay good money for to get and strapped to a machine that's going to run 100 miles an hour upside down and go straight to the ground and make you think you're going to go and be splattered all over the pavement and then pay him to do it again. I don't understand that neither. But he can't stand that kind of thing. I mean, his nerve, he just said, so, but he likes sports. And, and <laughs> watching football games, and, and, and some of y'all, and y'all do. Y'all like that. I mean, y'all don't want it to be 700 to nothing. Y'all want it to be a close game, an exciting game. I mean, you want your adrenaline to be flowing and your blood to be pumping. You want to be excited. You want to be on the edge of your seat. Bless God, you'll pay extra to go into overtime. But not him. Not him. He can't stand. He wants to be cool, calm, and collected. So he's got, a, he's got a plan when he watches sports. He will video the game, or DVR, whatever you call that junk. He will DVR the game, and he will wait and find out who won, and then he will go back and watch his game. <laughs> he said, I'll get me a big old glass of water, cold, what, like, that's a big deal, you know, big old glass of cold water. I'll sit down, and I'll already know who won the game. And I, I got to thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But boy, he kept on and he said, I tell you what, even though they have a fumble, I don't get scared because I know we won the game. Even if my team throws an interception, I don't care because I already know we won the game. It doesn't matter if the other team gets up by 30 points. It doesn't bother me a bit. My blood pressure don't rise. Why? I already know we won the game. And boy, I tell you what, God jumped up inside of my heart and I said, that's him. That's God right there. He's not worried a bit. He's not frightened a bit. Why? He already knows we won the game and if you drop the ball it doesn't matter if you throw an interception it doesn't matter if you feel like you're a failure hey it doesn't matter we win the game when it's all said and done I know it looks like the devil's winning but I promise you we win the game give the Lord praise right there Jesus wasn't scared a bit. Jesus, listen, his blood pressure wasn't raised a bit. You know why? Because he already knew they was going to the other side. He was their refuge. He's a refuge. Now listen, a refuge, this, this, this shelter, this shelter, now, let, me, let me don't get ahead of myself. Let me, I know where I'm going on this and I want to get there. Amen. We may just skip some stuff. Hallelujah. Number one, there's a, there's a refuge. Why am I not going to be troubled? There's a refuge. There's a shelter. I can, I can run to Jesus every time. Every time. Some of us, we just want to get out of it. Would y'all admit that to me? Cause I, I, I'm the same way. God, just fix it. I don't know how many times I've come to God and said, God, get me out of here. I mean, just get me out of this situation. Many times it was situations I put myself into. And had to get him to bail me out. Just wanted out. 
But you know, sometimes if he took us out of all these things, we'd never learn anything. You know, uh, uh, there was a contest. There was a contest held uh, by a very rich man. He offered a, a large sum of money for somebody to paint the greatest portrait of peace. The greatest portrait of peace. And man, there was people, they painted... Uh, uh, flowers in a valley. I mean, they painted they painted a serene uh, just background. I mean, all kind of stuff. They just painted all kind of things. Well, they finally come up with a winner and voted the, voted the winner, and and they put it on display. and And everybody that came to see this portrait, they really couldn't understand. They said, "How is this a picture of peace?" And and it, when they came to look at the portrait, there was there was a, a storm scene. I mean, this was a cliff on the side of an ocean, and it was a very stormy scene. And there was lightning flashing, and 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 I mean, it just looked like an awful, awful storm. They thought, how is this a picture of peace? Well, the painter was there, and he he could see the confusion, and he knew it. He said, "You got to look real close." To get the point of the painting. And as they focused their eyes on this portrait. And, and as the portrait. They just kept looking and looking. And the closer they looked. They saw in the crevice of that cliff. There was a little cutaway in the crevice of that cliff. And there was a little bitty nest in that, that cliff. And in the middle of that little nest. There was a little bitty sparrow that was sound asleep. Preacher what's the point? It's not. That God will always take you out of the storm. Sometimes he's going to give you peace in the storm. Now watch this. Watch this. God is our refuge. Now think about this a minute. I just thought about this. I wish I thought about an early one, but I didn't. God is our refuge. Now, if there was no storm, I would need no... Now, God is saying this. Sometimes, I don't want to take the storm away. But even if you're in the middle of the storm, I will always be your refuge, your shelter. You can run to Him. There is a... Refuge. Number two, write this down. I can't wait to get number three. Hallelujah. Why am I not going to be troubled in this difficult hour? Because there is a refuge. Number two, there is a river. The Bible says in verse number four, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. I want you, I want you to see this. The Bible says in, in, in uh, John, or excuse me, John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because of Jesus was not yet glorified. What's that mean? Write these two things down, and then I want to talk about them just a moment, and we'll, go, we'll get to number three. There is a river. What does a river do? A river does this. It is a source of my supply. 
A river would always bring in materials that they could trade and do merchandise on. A river was a source of supply. It was a supply route for the city. A river was the source of their supply. Then B, it was a source of my serenity, peace, comfort. What does that mean? In the, in the, in the first section that we study, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then it says this, therefore will we not fear. Say that with me. Therefore will we not fear. We're not going to be afraid. And then, this is the key, then it gives for those, for those, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and it gives four of them, four unbelievably catastrophic things could take place. For those, though this happens, though that happens, though that happens, though this happens, I will not fear. Now let me put it in today's language. Though my spouse walks out on me, I will not fear. God is my refuge. Though my kids get ignorant on me, I will not fear because God is my refuge. Though the doctor said I'm sorry, I will not fear because God is my refuge and my strength and a very present help in trouble. Though the bank has called and called and called and there's nothing I can do about it, I'm telling you, I will not fear. Let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. What is your though? What is your though? Though, and then fill in the blank. I found out this. I know y'all might look like Ken and Barbie when y'all come in here, but everybody goes home. We might put on a Sunday suit and a Sunday smile and we want everybody to think everything's all right. We'll argue all the way down the road, pull in the parking lot, and we don't want anybody to think we got problems. We don't want anybody to think we struggle. We don't want anybody to think there's anything wrong anywhere. But you can't fool me. I'm telling you, everybody goes home and everybody's got a though. Everybody's got a though that makes you cry at night. Everybody's got a though that makes you fearful. Everybody's got a though. Some people's those are making them pop pills. Some people's those are making them about insane. Some people's those are about to drive them crazy. But God said this, no matter what, I will be your help. What is your though today? What are you afraid of? What is causing you the greatest fear in your life? God said you can bring it to Him. You can bring it to Him. Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, I will not be afraid. Why? Because there is a river. There is an inward source of peace that the world does not have. When he said there is a river in this verse, he goes to talking about the presence of God. And when Jesus is talking about a river, he is talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Let me see if I can make it this way. Let me see if I can explain it this way. I've been to, I've been to, there's, there's a few things that I don't like doing. I don't like going to hospitals. Not that I don't care about the people that's in them. I just don't like it. Sarah, when we was up at the children's, or up at UAB in that, that section that, that your baby was in and all those other babies in there, it's, it was all I could do. It was all I could do not to break down and squall and cry and, and, and just be a blubbering mess. I can't help it. That's just who I am. It's one thing to see old people hurt, but when them babies are hurting, it's all I can do. And I don't like going to hospitals. And I don't like funerals. 
sue me. I can't help it. I told Dad right after God called me to preach. And I said, man, I hate these things. Because I'd go to the hospital with him and I'd go to the funeral home with him. And, and I said, I hate this stuff. He said, you're getting in the wrong thing for Dad. Amen. But you know what? I've been to him. I've gone to a funeral. I've gone to a funeral. And I've been to him here of dear friends. I, 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 I remember when, when, when Brother Bobby passed away. Man, I remember getting the phone. I'm telling you, it is so vivid in my mind right now. I remember getting a phone call. I remember going to the hospital. I remember seeing uh, uh, the son-in-law coming through, the, or, or son come, coming through, Miss Carol's boy coming through the parking lot, and, and I passed by. I, I, can, I'm, I can remember all of that stuff. And I can remember standing in that room, and, and I can remember just about ready to cry, knowing that I'm the preacher. I've got to be strong. Everybody else is dependent on me. I can't let them see. And I, because he's an awesome friend. And then I can remember all of a sudden, it was okay. I can't describe it. I can't even tell you anything about it. All I know is all of a sudden, something came on me, a peace that passeth all understanding. And I knew everything's going to be okay. What is that? That's an inward river of the Holy Spirit that God gives the believer to get them through their greatest trials. And I'm telling you, I'm not being spooky. I'm not being super spiritual. I promise you, I could never be super spiritual because I'm barely a Christian. I'm working the best I can. Amen. But I'm telling you this. In your darkest hour, in your greatest need, God will give you a peace that you cannot describe. I've been, I've been in funerals where they were just literally falling apart simply because they didn't have in them what I had in me. So, but they didn't, they didn't, you didn't love them like they loved an old contrary. I love them more. But I had something they didn't. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. You know, in, in, in them movies where, where uh, you know, this is a war scene, all this kind of stuff, and you take an antidote for something, you take, you get the shot, and, 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 and then they, they drop in the canister, and everybody else is falling out and getting sick but you. Because you got something in you that they don't have in them. It's the same thing. The Bible says there is a river that the streams maketh glad the city of God. There is something that God will do for you and it's called the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says his peace passeth all understanding. You can't explain it. You can't tell him how it is. You can't even tell it where it come from. All you know is you got something that's helping you through this mess you're in. And the world can't figure it out. The world can't figure it out why you can stand at the foot of a casket and have a smile on your face and tell that person, I'll see you in just a little while. They're thinking it's all over. They're thinking it's a done deal. You know why? Because they don't have a river that's flowing on the inside of them that's giving them what they need for that dark time in their life. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you're not saved, did you hear what I said? You're not saved. I didn't say, are you religious? Because there's a lot of religious people. I was religious before I got saved. I was, I was very religious. My dad made me. What are you talking about? He could make me be religious, but he couldn't get me redeemed. You say, how could he make you be religious? He made me memorize verses in the Bible. He made me, he made me have a dress code. 
He made me have a list of rules this long that I had to follow or he'd beat me to death. The ability to follow a set of rules is called religion. See, Hindus have their own list of rules. Listen, Catholics have their set of rules. Mormons have their set of rules. Y'all with me? The Muslims have their set of rules. And they follow those rules, and according to those rules, they're religious. They have a way of doing things. And I was religious. Everybody called me the preacher boy. I wore a little three-piece suit. I was the man. Say amen right there. I was about that big. I was about that big. I had cowboy boots on, and, a, and, and that was when, when vests was cool. Say amen. I had a three-piece suit, vest, and everything. Now I couldn't fit in one. Amen. And I'd walk around. I could quote more scripture than I can now because we went to Christian school, and, and they made us memorize chapters in the Bible. I mean, it was ungodly. What we, it, no, it wasn't. It was... It, Whatever it was, it was hard. Amen. That was a bad way to put it. <laughs> I told you, I'm trying to be a Christian. Amen. I mean, we just had to learn all these scriptures. Dad would take us on visitation, and, and he'd say, all right, quote it. And he'd show us off like we was little monkeys. Amen. I mean, and we'd quote all these scriptures. I was very religious. Sometimes I had to tell the Sunday school teacher how to pronounce a word in the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, you know, all them great words. Rednecks can't say that kind of stuff. Say amen. We redneck church to the core. I'm telling you, God is my witness. God is my witness. If there wasn't one, there was two ushers. When they come up to, when they come up to take up the usher, there was a skull can ring in the back pocket every time. So we was redneck. And I had, I had to do all that stuff. But you know what? The sad part about it, as much as I knew about God, I didn't know him personally. I knew all about him. I could tell you anything you wanted to know about him. I mean, I had it down. So you got any Bible for that? Yeah, there was a man by the name of Samuel. When he was a little old bitty fella, he grew up in the, in the tabernacle. He grew up in church, and the Bible said he was serving God. In other words, he was working for him and didn't know him. God came and called him, called his name when he was little. And he jumped up and run to Eli because he thought Eli was calling. That was the high priest who was kind of his guardian. In the middle of the night, he said, I didn't call you, boy. Go back to bed. He went back to bed. All of a sudden, God called him again. He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. About that third time, Eli called it. It's God doing this. And then the third time, he called him again. And this is what the Bible says verbatim. Your King James Bible says this. The reason he kept jumping up and going to Eli, this is what it says, Samuel, who grew up in church his whole life, he grew up in church his whole life, he was working for God in the temple. He could probably tell you anything about God you wanted to know. But the Bible says this verbatim, for Samuel did not yet know, K-N-O-W, know the Lord. He knew of him, but he didn't know him. Brother Buchanan, there was a time I knew of you. But it wasn't until I met you personally that I knew you. And there's a lot of people on this planet, they're very religious and they're doing religious things. They're going to churches. They might be some in here. Probably are. That's going through the motions and doing the religious routine. But you've never come to a place in your life where you've met him personally. And that day came in my life. I was a little preacher boy who everybody thought was, you know, and I was lost. 
And God began to speak to my heart. I remember during church, I didn't think my dad was ever going to shut up. I said, please, Lord, let him shut up because I'm about to die here. Because I felt like my heart was going to beat plumb out my chest. Because I was under conviction because the one I had read about and the one I told everybody else about, he was talking to me. And I had to come to the point I realized even though I was very religious, I was very lost. Because I couldn't get in on my dad's salvation. I couldn't get on my mom's salvation. I couldn't get on anybody's salvation. I had to come to him personally and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I need you. And Lord, would you please forgive me of my sin and save me? And boy, at that moment, bam, I got a river. God put something in me that I can't even explain. I felt like the world was lifted off of my shoulders. I felt like, listen, everything was going to be all right. And there are times in my life that I've needed him the most, and he's always been there. That Holy Spirit will give you what you need in the midst of your storm. Give God praise and glory right now if you appreciate the river. Let me, let me say this last one, and we're going to be done. Because, see, see, some of y'all right now, God's already talking to you. God's already whispering, and I just feel this. It wasn't in the first service, but I feel this right now. God's speaking to some of y'all. God's speaking to some of y'all and telling you you, you you just like he was. You're religious. And, that's, and, and I'm not meaning that as a derogatory thing, because I, I was serious about it. I was serious about it. I'm telling you, when you, when you ask me to quote a verse or something, I was right there. I mean, I, I, I wasn't putting on a fake. I was as serious as a heart attack about that. But that didn't get me in. It came when I had to put my trust and faith in Him for salvation. If that makes sense to you, say amen. amen. Lastly, number three, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Number one, I'm not going to be troubled in my trouble because there is a, there's a refuge. Thank God. Number two, there is a, there is a river. No, number three, there is a remedy. There is a remedy. This is all going to make sense in just a second. Look in verse number 8. Verse number 8. The Bible says, come. What's that next word? Behold. Behold what? The works of the Lord. What desolations he has made in there. In other words, all of his wonderful things he's done. All the mighty things. All the miracles he's done. Verse 8 says, come. Go back to 8. Go back to 8. Come. What's that next word? Behold. Behold. Then go to verse number 10. Skip on down to verse number 10. Verse 10 says, be. Verse 8 says, be. Then verse 10 says, be. All right. Here's the remedy. Many of you know today, and you, you understand that God is a refuge, right? Are we there? And some of y'all knew that before you come in here. But still, you're in a storm, and you're freaking out. You don't feel sheltered at all. You feel like you're getting hit on, on every side by hailstones and everything else. You say, if God is our refuge, why do I feel so bad? I'll tell you why. He is a refuge, and he always has been a refuge. He always has been. But the Bible says in order to take advantage of this rest, refuge, first thing we got to do is be still. 
Here's the extent of our storm, dealing with the storms in our life. This is what we do. This is what we do. Now, I need everybody to pay attention because this is where the rubber meets the road right here. This is where all this comes together. All right, we're going through life. We're going through life. Bam! A trouble comes our way. This is a refuge. God is here. He's always here. This is, this is, this is our, the extent of our coming to him for refuge. We're going through life wide open. Trouble hits us. And then we say, oh, my God. And then we just. Amen. Going through life and bam, trouble. Oh, my gosh, help me. What am I going? And then we go and we go and we spend all of our, our time and our effort telling everybody in the world about our problems but the refuge. I mean, your hairdresser knows about it. Every cousin you have knows about it. The world knows about it. Anybody that will be still listen long enough knows about it. But, but, and by the way, oh my God does not constitute prayer, y'all. Are y'all with me? Listen, the only way that refuge is going to be effective, we don't... Bo, when we're in that golf cart and we're riding down through that golf course and it's storming and it's raining and it's flooding and we see that shelter, do we do this whole ride? A shelter. Hot dog. I'm glad they put this shelter here. You say that's silly and you're just being you're just being silly. No, I'm not. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. He says, be still. Now here's what you're thinking. All right. All right. I don't have to do anything. I'll just sit right here. I don't have a job. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm going to just wait and see if tell God to come to me. That's not what it means, y'all. The key about being still is not about being still. It's about what will take place when you are still. The key to that whole thing is the next word, next two words. Be still and know. Y'all didn't get it? Be still so that you have the opportunity to know. Let me put it like this. This is so good. I'm telling you, this is so good. I waited three weeks to tell you all this right here. I hate it when God gives you something and makes you wait to tell it. In that ship. Oh, boy. Stay with me right here. In that ship. I mean, all these disciples that had been following him and seeing all those miracles he had been doing. And I mean, they, 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 everywhere he went, they went and they saw all the great things. I mean, they're dedicated, they're committed, they've, they've left their careers and, and everything to follow this man. And, and now he's asleep in the boat. They're in the ship and they're following his specific directions. And I mean, right in the middle of the will of God, they come in a storm that's beyond your imagination. I mean, it is quaking. It is shaking them, I mean, right down to the bone. They're scared to death they're going to die. I mean, these are mariners. These are people that would make the deadliest catch look like a bunch of sissies. Say amen. 
and they are scared to death. And they go to Jesus and said, man, we're going to die. What are you doing? Why are you sleeping? We're dying here. Don't you care that we're going to perish? Won't you? What are you doing? Jesus gets up. Goes up to the bow of that, that boat. Looks out at that storm and says, peace. Then what? That's right. You know what? You ain't going to believe what happened. I'm talking about they're just rocking and rolling. Wham, wham. I mean, the lightning's flashing and the thunder's rolling and the rains are falling. And, and, and he said, peace, be still. And I mean, it hit. No wind. No rain. No waves. The sun pops up. And he turns around and looks at him. And they're like, dude. <laughs> now, you gotta, do you get what just happened? Why did the wind and the rain and the storm and the lightning, why did they do what they did? They knew who he was. They knew who he was. So how did they know who he was? Because he's the one that spoke them into existence. And you know what? His disciples, they didn't know who he was. You know why? Because they said, what manner of man is this? Dude, I, what, can't, huh, did you see, I, huh. What manner of man is this that speaks to the waves and the sea, and they obey his command? They didn't know who it was. But nature did. Here's the point. Here's the point. I'm being overly dramatic for a reason. The reason you're freaking out in your storm. You don't know who he is. The reason you're worried about your finances is you don't know how rich he is. The reason that you're worried about your health is you don't realize he's the resurrection and the life. He's the one that made man out of the dirt and the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and they became a living soul. He is the one that gave life. The reason you're worried about your future is you don't know that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's already been in your tomorrow and he knows the way to go in the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And if you really knew that, it wouldn't bother you a bit. Two little fellas on a cruise ship. Y'all still ain't getting it, so I'm going to keep on until you do. Two little boys on a cruise ship. Bad weather arose. I mean, it was bad. Everything, lightning, flood, the whole deal. And this one little boy was trembling. And the other boy was just playing checkers. 
He said, ain't you scared? He said, no. He said, well, why ain't you scared? He says, because my daddy's the captain. And he loves me. And he'll never put me in harm's way. You know why we're troubled in our trouble? Because we hadn't been still long enough to know him. Be still. Get your Bible and know that he's Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider. He's God, my protector. He's God, my peace. He's God, my, my physician. There's so many names of God. You need to know all about him. And the reason we're freaking out in the storm is because we don't know him. If you knew him like I knew him. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the girls. There are people in this building for, I guess it's just a platform, whatever, presentation, what, people are just afraid of me. I don't know why. I'm adorable. <laughs> What's well, not to love? You know, I mean, come on. But they are. There's people afraid to approach me. And, 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 and I've had people come to my office, especially when we was in this building here, and there was that long gray hallway to my office, you know. People were afraid. I'm literally afraid. I couldn't believe it. I said, what is the deal with that? But you know what? I mean, they, they, would, they would almost, I've had people come down halfway down the hallway and turn around and go back out and be afraid to come in. But Mackenzie, how many of y'all have ever seen the, the show Seinfeld? Seinfeld. How many of y'all have ever, is, is it Kramer? Dude with the hair? How many of y'all seen Kramer when he comes in the door? That's McKenzie. I could be in the midst of a serious counseling session. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about they're crying, I'm crying, tears are flowing, everything. She'll march right on in. Hey, Daddy. I just come in here for some candy. Pull out my drawer, get what she wanted. All right, God bless y'all. Don't knock. You know, don't, don't do anything. Just... You know why? She knows me. She knows she ain't got a knock. She knows where my candy is. I'm changing drawers, say man. I want to ask you a question. How well do you know him? Do you know him enough to know that he's not going to leave you? He's not going to forsake you? He's not going to let you down. He's never going to let anything come your way that he can't get you through. You say, but the devil's turning up the heat in my life. Don't ever worry. God's hand is on the thermostat. He knows you. You need to know him. Be still so you can... What's that? Give me B, fellas. Give me B. Be still so you can behold. Check him out. Open that Bible and check out his pedigree. Check out his references. He's got some good ones. Preacher, are we going to starve to death in this economy? I don't think so. If God can let manna come out of heaven 
and quail come on the, on the wind up to knee deep and let water come out of a rock, I think he's going to do okay. For real. It's going to be all right. I've had, I've had some blessings here lately. Just come in the mail. I'm, I mean, really, uh, this week, this week we've been helping some other folks out a little bit. You know, some other folks have been in some bad way, and just me and Tammy personally helping some other folks out. And, and this week, we've been broke. Broke. How many of y'all have ever been broke? How many of y'all are presently broke? Let's be broke together. Amen. I'm thinking, I, I mean, broken we've been in a long time. Not that it was a bad thing, because it was an awesome thing to be able to help out other people, but it, you know how it is. And in the mail... I was getting the mail. And in that mail, somebody put a card in there with, with, some, with some money in there and, and said, Preacher, we just want to thank you for... I did a funeral before and, and forgot about it. I mean, it, it wasn't even no, no thing. I was there for... And I just want to thank you for what you did for our family and, and put a little blessing in there. I said, Hallelujah. And then this morning, this morning, somebody come up and gave me a call. said, Preacher, we appreciate what you did in another situation. That, that I, I helped them in, and, and uh, we just want to give you this and appreciate it. Had some more money in there. And, and, and it just happened to be Tammy was sitting here while I was saying it, so now she knows about it. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> Usually them kind of blessings end up in the, in the she money account. That's money she don't know about. Say amen right there. <laughs> but God let me slip and run my mouth while she was sitting here. Amen. What's the point? The point is this. In the Old Testament, there was a prophet who was right in the middle of a drought, right in the middle of a bad depression, if you want to put that. It wasn't no recession. It was a depression. What's the difference between a recession and a depression? If you've got a job, it's a recession. If you don't, it's a depression. Say amen right there. Well, it was a bad way. Everybody's starving to death, and God sent him down to a brook. said, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. And ravens, listen, a blackbird came and dropped him food every day, twice a day. You know what that mail carrier was? It was a raven bringing me a blessing. Bringing me a blessing. What's the point? There's been times in your life God has brought you a blessing. You didn't even realize it. You didn't even open your eyes long enough to see what God was doing for you. When they come up to you and say, I, I just need you to do a little bit more overtime. That was God saying, I'm leaving you a blessing. Yes, 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 yes. Listen, do you realize, do you realize the one who spoke everything into existence? I mean, the stars have been awful bright lately. Have y'all noticed that? Have anybody gone outside? I, I challenge you. Go outside and just look up. And just look at all of, and the God that made all of that. Loves you more than you could ever imagine. He's got your picture on his refrigerator in heaven. Say amen. He loves you. And he said, I'll get you through anything you'll ever face. Church, say.